0: And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR
4: to listen live. We're going to start with Jameis Winston and the decision for him to be the starting quarterback.
3: Yeah, New Orleans has a new quarterback. There was a quarterback competition between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, but after his impressive performance earlier in the week, Jameis Winston was named starter for New Orleans as they head and take on the Green Bay Packers
4: uh, week one. This became the odds-on favorite by a significant margin, Jameis, but it didn't start as some foregone conclusion. In fact, the assumption has been that Sean Payton, coach of the Saints, really had a bias towards Taysom Hill. When I say bias, meaning it was a project. It was a, if I can do this, you're going to remember it kind of thing. And these coaches at the very top of the league and Sean Payton with a Super Bowl And let's not forget, an onside kick in that game, very gutsy call. He made that decision. And I think on most lists, a vast majority of lists, Sean Payne's one of the five best coaches in the NFL. I think on a list of offensive minds, he's even higher ranked, more highly regarded. Maybe the best offensive mind in football, Andy Reid, right there, is that conversation. Could he take Drew Brees, 5'11 and 7'8's bad arm to the point that, remember, the story, you may recall, is Miami wanted to sign Brees out of San Diego. The team doctor wouldn't pass him on the physical. He was that physically limited with the shoulder that he hurt. And lo and behold, Hall of Famer. First ballot Hall of Famer. Now, would Drew Brees have been that without Sean Payton? We will never know. But... There's nothing about Drew Brees that would make you think physically, his height, his arm strength, that he would have been a Hall of Famer. Now, does it mean that his ability to process, his decision-making, getting the team into the right play, elite, maybe as good as anyone, Peyton Manning and Drew Brees would be on that list. But imagine, just like Belichick, you hear Colin right here on Fox Sports Radio say, well, you know, without Tom Brady, Bill Belichick is, and it's a below 500 record. Now, is that fair? We can debate it. I don't think it is, but you know what? I think it's because I love Belichick. But to some degree, if you say there's one variable, Tom Brady, you remove him, and Bill Belichick's a loser below 500, that's pretty potent. Well, now we're going to get Sean Payton without Drew Brees. And that will speak to, I think, very strongly his legacy. Is he one of the best coaches of the era? Or is he going to be something even beyond that? And with Jameis Winston, that victory wouldn't be as sweet. It would be, here's a number one overall pick, former Heisman winner, and had some trouble in a bad organization at the time, Tampa Bay trouble performing, and you know what? You got him, turn it around. The 49ers don't get a massive thumbs up because of Steve Young, though, as uh, Doug Gottlieb was saying today, you know, Steve Young was with Tampa and played really poorly and, or relatively poorly. Then the 49ers got him, and the rest is history, Hall of Fame. So I think Taysom Hill was the preference – All things equal, Drew Brees, because of what it would have meant for him and his offensive mind, I think the fact they're going with Winston speaks very strongly that it wasn't a close decision. That if it was a tiebreaker, it probably would have went to Taysom Hill. It wasn't Winston, the starter. What do you think, Jonas?
3: Yeah, and I also think they were invested in Taysom Hill. He got paid, and, and this was really a project, and, and I don't know if you want to call it a passion project of Sean Payton, but can I make Taysom Hill work when nobody else could make him, make him work and figure it out, whether it be at college or even in the preseason against Green Bay? And so Taysom Hill, I think, came in with the lead. I think he had the advantage. The fact that Jameis won the job tells me he just completely outperformed him all the way through training camp and all the way in the preseason.
4: And we saw it to some degree in the most recent game with that, you know, really strong performance, uh, you know, during, I think he only had one incomplete pass, Winston did, in that game. So that Taysom Hill deal, it was a one-year, $12 million contract, uh, and that's Winston, right?
5: No, Winston was a one-year, twelve million. Yeah, Hill had twelve million guaranteed for this season.
4: Okay, uh, so twelve million guaranteed, and what's the overall de- deal for Taysom Hill? One
1: In- second.
4: Yeah, not, well, go ahead.
3: I, I think it was like a two or three-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. It, it was something yeah. along those well, yeah, lines. Yeah, we'll,
4: we'll pull it, we'll pull yeah. it up here. And but it's uh, your point is is well stated, which is it's a sign, It was a significant investment. If you knew he wasn't going to be your starting quarterback, this contract doesn't make any sense. Yeah, at, the, at this point, it doesn't.
5: Do you have that? Yeah. So he signed a one-year deal for 16 million. Then he extended it for one more year for 12 million.
4: Okay, and this is we're talking about Hill. So two years for twenty-eight. Yes. Okay, it's a lot of money. Yeah. I mean that yeah. that's like the that's like the best cornerback in the league. Kind of money. Yeah. Now we can you know we can decide positions and all that, but as a slash type guy, you don't see that contract. Yeah. No, it's it's, it's big money. Yeah. Now he would have been a discount as a starter. That, that's always the catch twenty-two, right? Is if you're getting paid fourteen, sixteen mil as a starter, you're near the bottom of the league as a as a quarterback. But as any other position, you're near the top of the league, which obviously speaks to how important quarterback is. Now, the Saints are a team, speaking of money, that their salary cap wizardry, the magical ways that they seemingly can do... I don't want to call it mob accounting. I've heard people call it that. But it it really is like this, like, you know, the, the rules don't really apply if we do this and this. And in a way, the league is fine with that. Meaning, as long as it takes a lot of effort to finagle your way to spend a bunch more, it feels like they can keep kicking the can down the road because every year there's talk about Well, finally, it's going to be the comeuppance for the Saints. They've been kicking the can for too long. And it's like, well, you know, they made some cuts this year for sure, but they got a lot, lot of salary on that cap, and the Saints have been willing to spend. And though they haven't gotten a Super Bowl during this last, you know, Breeze push, they had a lot of success, a lot of success. But this year feels like a transition year in that they're trying to decide on the quarterback and now they've got an initial decision but we don't know how it's going to go and also I think the cap is finally an issue to the point they had to make some cuts on defense they didn't want to make months ago 9 and 8 there's two ways to look at it and I'll tell you Jonas when I say 9 and 8 the over under win total was 9 for the Saints I probably have heard more disagreement on this game or on this team among Sharps Tell me which side you fall on. One side says, okay, this team could have made the Super Bowl last year. They were one strip away from beating Tampa Bay, it seemed.
3: Yeah.
4: A fumble. And Drew Brees wasn't all that good. If anything, it's a heck of a chance. Winston does better than Brees. Thus, this team's just as good. Nine wins is a bargain. Or it's, Hey, Breeze was big. Winston threw 30 interceptions. The last time he was a full time quarterback, and they've had to get, they've thinned themselves out. This team's not near as good. Where do you come down?
3: It's all predicated on whether or not Jameis Winston cannot turn the football over. If he goes back to what he was a couple of years ago, I think they're doomed. And and I'm on the side of how many times can you get so close only to come up short and just expect you're going to get back there every single time? Like It's really hard to do in the NFL. I think they're one of the most consistent teams, a handful of teams, the most consistent teams over the past several years. Because if you think about the run that they've been on, they had that devastating loss in the, the Minneapolis mirror against the Mm -hmm. vikings then they had that nfc championship game blown pass interference call then the next year there was a quote-unquote push-off by kyle rudolph in the end zone uh, that they lost at home and then last year they lost at home again to to tampa bay it just feels like at some point you can't just expect this is all just gonna finally we're gonna break through it's not like the nba it feels like this could be the year that they start to take that step back
4: Yeah, but I also think the following when you're over under win total in a 17 game season is nine wins. So it's nine and eight is projected. You're an underdog to make the playoffs. So if the Saints do what they did all those years you just ticked off, they would far exceed expectations. Yeah. So, in a weird way, if the question was, are they finally going to win their Super Bowl? I think you're right. It's very, you know, quite unlikely. If the question is, are they going to win 10 games and exceed expectations, 10 wins probably gets you in the playoffs, so that's not even sure. But it feels like I lean towards the 10 wins is more likely. I would lean over. I'm a Sean Payton guy. I will say this. The betting market has a lot of confidence that Winston's going to play fairly well. They have an over-under yardage. How many yards will Winston throw for? McKenzie, that exact number is? 4,200 and a half. 4,200 yards at a half. 4,200 and a half yards. In his entire career, Winston's had one season over that. So that means they're expecting him to have a second-best yardage season ever, which presupposes he plays a vast majority of games. You're not going to play 10 games and get 4,200 yards. So the betting market says... Saints slightly above average. But Winston's going to play the whole season, probably, or mostly, and he's going to have his second best yardage season. Closing thoughts.
3: Yeah, and I also wonder what he's going to look like in this offense because this will be the first quarterback they've had that can really get the ball downfield in quite some time because Drew Brees was never this, you know, a go deep, you know, go for it all type quarterback. He was going to pick you apart, go down the field methodically. I wonder what that does to, you know, either are, are they a more high scoring team? Uh, does that put Jameis Winston in the conversation? For most touchdown passes, I think that it, this could be a really uh, different look for Jameis Winston and that offense.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: And as we approach the final preseason game and the regular season coming up to open up the NFL year, apparently the reports out of Dallas are optimistic uh, that there are no limitations according to his offensive coordinator and that he looks good according to several
4: reports. I want to do some research on who is the PR agent for Jerry Jones. What what organization? Because they may be the best out there. Because I've never heard of a pitch count for a quarterback. I mean, I hear that. Oh, if occasionally you might have heard. Oh, he's on restricted throwing or whatever. But usually. You don't hear about pitch counts. That's in baseball. Yeah. But somehow there was a big announcement earlier this week. Hey, everyone, don't. We know the tweet told you not to worry, but that tweet was correct <laughs> because Dak is not on a pitch count. Now, he's not pitching, so it makes sense he's not on a pitch count. But the question isn't should he. Th- he can't throw 20 balls or his arm's going to. Th- fall off the question is is his arm at a hundred percent because if it is then it's a non-issue if it isn't it's an issue and it's funny jonas you were introducing the topic and you said without limitation now what does that mean does that mean that he's able to practice freely which i agree with but does it mean that he's not limited, meaning that he's at 100%? I don't think we could know that. But isn't it interesting? There's not talk about he's 100%. There's talk that there's no pitch count.
3: Yeah, and it was Kellen Moore who, yesterday, and he was very careful with his wording, he said something along the lines of, uh, you know, Dak's, uh, you know, ready to go. And as far as Dak goes, ready to go for the regular season opener. Because the follow up would have been, well, if he's ready to go, why is he not playing this weekend? And, and, and so that's why, and we've been talking about it, it just doesn't add up. The messaging, the delivery of the messaging, none of it adds up to what anybody thinks is going to be a fully 100% Dak Prescott week one.
4: All right, so this is coming on Twitter. What's this fellow's name? Michael? Galkin. Galkin. All right. Cowboys QB Dak Prescott just completed a dart of a pass. One traveling more than 20 air yards. To wide receiver Wilson over the middle, a healthy throw during an eleven on eleven did the p r agent write this <laughs> i mean i 've never i 've never heard of a twenty yard pass i mean if dakota prescott 's son, who i don 't think he has a son, threw it at age six, maybe he got twenty yards in the air. What the heck? 20 yards in the air is a dart, and, and we're getting a tweet about it?
3: I don't think there's anybody on this show that can't throw a ball 20 yards. And, and I've done my rotator cuff twice,
4: and I'm pretty sure I can throw the ball 20 yards in the air. So you got veneers yeah. and multiple rotator cuffs. You're like the bionic man.
3: Yeah, there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of fakeness going on. Yeah.
4: That's Jonas Knox. I'm RJ but With my own teeth, we are straight. But they don't – I mean, actually, I get some nice-looking teeth, but they're not veneer level, (laughs) so we're straight out of Vegas. Yeah, you know, the betting market, if we look at the Cowboys' season wins, 8.9, which is a smidge below the Saints. Interesting. NFL – well, this is fascinating. Oh, wait a second. I'm actually looking at the Saints here. That's 8.9. Dallas is actually 9.0 which is a smidge above the Saints, and their NFC East odds, plus 150. Washington is, what, in the plus 200 range now? Yes. So, I mean, Washington's almost equal to Dallas to win the division. When we uh, hint-hint bet it on the show, it was plus 350. And what was Dallas at the time, about even money? Yeah, minus 110 around. So think about it. At one point, it was like, 25% 25% or less for Washington, Dallas about 50%. And now Dallas and Washington look to have about the same odds to win the East. And uh, week one, we were at seven and a half yesterday. What do you see as the current number there, McKenzie? Still seven and a half. So the dart, the, I mean, again, this tweet hasn't completely <laughs> been retweeted, but that air yards of 20 plus in the dart could affect the odds. But as of now, no change in the Vegas market because of the dart.
3: What does that do to the comeback player of the year odds? Because if he's not going to be a, he was never hurt, Jonas. Well, How yeah, can you come uh, back uh, if you've yeah, never been hurt? According to the PR team, I guess not. But if if he was if he was the uh, the heavy favorite to win comeback player of the year, and we talked about it on the show, and now there's a question as to whether or not he's going to be at the very least hundred percent for every game, or even play in every game. Do we start looking around at maybe a guy like a McCaffrey or a, you know a, a Joe Burrow possibly or one of these other guys? Because if he's not available for the entire year, how can you reward that guy with comeback player of the year?
4: Now, I'm of two minds of what you're saying. On one hand, I agree with you that if he's not 100% healthy, Dak Prescott, the chance of him winning comeback player of the year goes down because the performance it takes to win that – will be harder to achieve if he's not 100% healthy. But here's the other side of it. If he plays fairly well, and part of the narrative is not only did he have That's to true. come back yeah. from that devastate, he had yeah. to come back from another issue, which, by the way, that issue, we kept it on the DL, ha, 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 and they can laugh about deceiving yeah. us. Yeah. So in a weird way, I think the narrative works better. But I think it decreases the chance of him having a really good
0: season. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
1: Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker.
4: Preseason games.
3: Yeah. And they're going for preseason win in a row, number 20. That'll be an NFL record this weekend. And the Baltimore Ravens this weekend as they get ready to try and accomplish that feat. Uh, we've talked about the Harbaugh Brothers. We've talked about them being bullies, RJ. You've pointed that out several times. They are on the road <laughs> at Washington coming up on Saturday. And they are a three and a half point favorite now on pregame.com.
4: Now, listen, I'm a graduate of The Ohio State University. So I'm not a big Michigan guy. I'm a Steelers fan. So I'm not a big Ravens guy. Now, I don't know if you see a connection here. So when I say this, I'm saying it honestly, sincerely. I, when I look at the Harbaugh's, and I don't really separate them. I, I, they, seem, they look very similar to me. Is It feels like they have an odor about them. Like, and I mean, I'm just going to say that as I'm not sure it's related here, but... He smells! I think that that's true. But it doesn't change the fact that when you have a game in the preseason in which your willingness to play hard or your inclination to play to win. Now, you might say, RJ, that's redeeming. That's old school. You know, to some degree, I agree with you. Bill Parcells loved to win in the preseason. You know, Belichick plays hard in the preseason. The old school guys do, Andy Reid. But there's times if you're not given your second string guy, and it's very analogous to the Lamar Jackson conundrum. What is that? It's that Lamar Jackson, when they have the lead and they can run a majority of the time, is maybe a top three or four quarterback in the NFL. But when the Ravens are behind, Lamar Jackson is below average. He is a below-average passer. And his passing benefits from his ability to run most of the time. But if you're down and they know you've got to pretty much throw, Lamar in those spots is not good. He's not even average. But when the Ravens get up big in the regular season, do they pass? Do they give him reps there? No, they keep running. So I would make the following case. When the Ravens get – if they make the playoffs – when they get eliminated this year, where they fall behind and can't come back, I'm gonna say them winning potentially 20 straight preseason games is all part and parcel of the same mentality from the hardballs, which is we wanna win a preseason game, even if it decreases our chance of winning a regular season game. And I'll be candid, that doesn't seem old school to me, Jonas. Yeah,
3: and it, it's weird because, like, Lamar's not playing in these games. And it just feels like there's a real concerted effort to, to win these. Games. Like for whatever reason, oh it just, yeah, it just. Well, means I think so I think they want to beat
4: Vince Lombardi's record.
3: Yeah, like now it's to the point to where you've got to you want to go out there and you want to beat the record. I just wonder if Ron Rivera and Washington look at it and go, "Well, that's not going to happen," you know, like that's not going to we're, we're not going to let that happen. And, and maybe this ends up being a little bit more of a competitive game than some people would anticipate.
4: Ooh, now Rivera being a pedigreed guy that. That just beat cancer. That is that won the or or made the Super Bowl. Maybe he doesn't fall for the bait of that. I could see certain coaches doing that though. And
3: and Vince Lombardi finished
4: his career with Washington. Oh, yes, that is true. Seventy, yeah. What was it? One year, right? Like seventy-three or
3: something. And then he'd gotten sick. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So to me, well, first let's look at the line. The line in the game is Baltimore. On the road, favored by three and a half. Yeah. So Mackenzie, pull up Washington's results. The first two games. I, what I'm trying to figure is what would the line be in this game if Baltimore wasn't incentivized more than usual to win? Meaning, if it was just a pure straight, how much adjustment? Because we know Baltimore wants to win more than a typical team would in the regular or in the preseason. The question is, how much is the line being adjusted for that? By the way, in those 19 wins straight up. 17-2 and two against the spread. 17-2. The Packers, when they won 19 straight preseason games, was between 59 and 62. Vince Lombardi. And uh, they, I think they played six a year back then. So um, a lot of preseason games back then. <laughs> and uh, McKenzie, you got Washington's results? Yeah, they're 1-1 one
5: one straight up, 0-2 oh against the spread. And what were the scores? They lost by 9 to, to the Patriots, and they won by 4 against the Bengals last week.
4: Okay, lost by nine of the Patriots. Patriots killed Philly. Lost to the Bengals. What did what the Oh, they won in the bet. What was the Bengals the game before for them? I'm just getting a feel how good the Bengals are in the regular or preseason. See, that, so I would say Washington. If you were power rating the preseason, Bengals beat the Bucks, and they were dogs in that game by six points. Okay, so let's say Washington's maybe the. I'm just going off the top. I had the 12th or 13th best preseason team. Baltimore's the best, and they're favored by three and a half on the road. It feels like more it feels like this would be like maybe one and a half or two if it wasn't for the streak.
0: At bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 GAMBLER.
2: It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales event, so give your friends something to look at like a BB with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.